0: Welcome back baseball family. Today we're going to go through another one of our Mount Rushmores. Today we're going to go through the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Before we do that though, let's introduce the Red Sox a little bit. This is a very storied franchise. Been around since, I mean, one of my favorite things from How I Met Your Mother Brig is when, uh, when Barney goes to lecture Ted. Yeah, he says, Ted. Since the dawn of time, <laughs> that's how he starts it all the time. And to me, the Red Sox have felt, feel like they've been around since the dawn of time. And you know, I, yeah. I know it's only been since 1901, but there's been so much that goes along with the curse of the Bambino. You, I mean, that, that was 100, that's the hundred years almost.
1: No, it was a hundred and yeah, yeah. It, it was almost a Almost a hundred yeah, years.
0: Yeah. It was like ninety or something like that. Yeah. But uh but it feels like that that's something that's been around forever and and so have the Red Sox. So let's do this first. Like I said, since 1901, that makes that puts them in their 121st season, um, actually started out as the Boston Americans yeah. until 1907, then 1908 1908 switched to the Boston Red Sox. Um overall record of nine thousand six hundred and thirty-two wins, eight thousand nine hundred and forty-seven losses. That is a winning percentage of five hundred eighteen. 24 playoff appearances, 14 pennants, 9 World Series titles. And half of those have come since 2004. Yeah, right? they really have. Yeah, so a franchise that toiled in mediocrity and below average averageity. There's a new word. Yeah, right? I like that. Yeah, yeah that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> For nearly 100 years has now become incredibly dominant in this century. Absolutely. And... Um, I'm waiting for them to make another trade. Maybe that. Maybe the next curse will be the, will be the Mookie Betts curse. Ooh. Who's getting cursed? The the Red Sox. Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that was a deal that fans were not happy about. No, it made sense. You know, maybe like the Babe, the the deal with the Babe. Maybe it made sense at the time, but it didn't end well. I don't think the Mookie Betts made sense. The deal made sense at all really Mm-mm. no because because to me like so the way it works out is like you can be over the um over the luxury tax threshold for like three years yeah and then that third year it really starts to like becoming like a major punishment it is huge and they were in that year yeah and so they had to get his salary off the books
1: well i i understand so. that i just i think letting go of a talent like that is it's absurd. trouble it's trouble yeah, yeah. it's absurd uh, the Boston Red Sox in their history have 11 retired numbers, by the way, which is a statistic that I love. That includes Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. And we are going to get into our picks for names, personalities, however you want to call it, that uh, you cannot tell the Boston Red Sox story without. That's kind of how I start my search. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brad, yeah, I would like to know who's
0: t- taking a spot on your list. Okay, I'm going to start with... Um, the super death. That's okay. A, that's, a, that's what I'm going to call one is the super death. Yeah. Uh, this is, he's a left fielder. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to get right into he's the last guy to bat 400. I got Ted Williams. Yeah, I got Ted Williams. Yeah, I assumed you would. I yeah. thought we would just get it out of the way. Yeah, you're smart. So, Ted Williams is a Hall of Famer, two-time MVP, two-time Triple Crown winner, 19-time All-Star, six-time batting title, five-times Major League Player of the Year. Wow. And... Probably will forever hold the title as the last guy to bat four hundred. Yeah, he probably will. Yeah, I don't see anybody else doing that. Hit four hundred six in nineteen forty one. It's That's the, same. <laughs> the magic number that is. It's the it's unobtainium is what it is. Yeah, it's it's a huge deal.
1: Well, and he do you know he sits fourteenth overall in career war.
0: That doesn't surprise me. Somebody 14th. who's that great of a hitter.
1: One twenty one point nine is his career war. So um offensively
0: though if you take just his offensive war he's 6th of all time. And that makes sense cuz you know what he is the all-time leader in on-base percentage. Yeah. And and
1: on-base plus slugging. He's in second place. He's right I mean, up there at the yeah. top. Yeah. Isn't this crazy? I mean so, this we're talking about a guy that that you can't tell the baseball story without. Yeah.
0: No, for real. And when I I was pretty young when I learned about the significance of four hundred and who Ted Williams was. Yeah. And for somebody who I mean, I wasn't even a teenager, you know, I I might have been like nine or ten. Yeah. For a nine or ten year old to to learn about that and to remember it and be able to understand the the significance because your dad says, So look at this guy right here. hmm You know. He gets he's gonna get on base, he bats he's about three twenty five, you yeah. know. Right. And he and it feels like he gets on base every day. You know, that and the the DiMaggio Fifty-six game hitting streak. You know yeah. those are those
1: are storied. You know yeah. you can't get away from them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so
0: this is something that's that's cool. So not only is Ted Williams an American hero because of baseball, he is literally an American hero because of his military service. He served three years in in the military during World War II. So yeah. you know, like everybody else, just about he took that time off in baseball. Pretty much, yeah. And then in 1946, he came back and he won the MVP. <laughs> he slugged six sixty-seven. 342 batting average and uh, four nine, led the league with a 497 on base percentage. Yep. The guy, All the guy did was get on base.
1: All he did was win.
0: All he did was win, 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 no matter what. You're right. right. Yep. Yep. yep.
1: Ted Williams, a name you cannot escape when talking about the Red Sox and we're very happy
0: about that. Baseball in general, let's be real.
1: Correct. Well, okay, I'm going to jump into my next one then since okay. we've, we've overlapped yet again. Of course. Um, I'm going to get into my no-duh, my no-brainer. Okay. We're talking about a designated hitter first baseman. Mm, I don't know who it is. You, do you? Yeah. 6'3", 230 pounds. 10-time <laughs> All-Star, 3-time World Series Champion, 7-time Silver Slugger Award, ALCS MVP, and the World Series Most Valuable
0: Player, David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Yeah, I have... I have Big Poppy on my, my, my do you, list too. Do his you, bigness. His bigness. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. 55.3 career war, 8,640 at bats, 2,472 hits, 541 home runs, a career batting average of 286. With a whopping seventeen stolen bases,
0: it's <laughs> quite a bit for a, a guy that for tries. his bigness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I wonder how many of those he's on the back end of a double steal. It's right. He's on yeah. first base, and he's got somebody on on third, on second. He's on third. He's taking you know. <laughs> trotting into second, but if that's the case, I'd probably throw it on the second, and get him out, and yeah. try try third base. Right, you a know? little bit of
1: a wild throw, maybe ended up in the <laughs> under the under the tarp. Yeah. <laughs> <And he's>... <laughs> <laughs>
0: or how many of those were overthrows into into center field? That's now. what I'm saying. Yeah. He's swinging a miss, on, swinging a miss on a on a hit and run. Yeah, wild throw into center field, and he's standing on second base. And he's like, I'm just, just going like to scoot this way real quick. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned World Series MVP. Mm-hmm. He was. It, it wasn't 2004. It wasn't 2007. Right. It was 2013. Right. right? When he was, it was a 37 year old season. Yeah. So, and the thing, the thing that goes along with that to, uh, to me is that it's not just the fact that, you know, he's 37. It's that he was an integral part in 2004. Yeah. 2007. Yeah. But his biggest role was as a team leader. Yeah. A veteran. And an experienced guy who's like you know I've already won two World Series let me let me carry the weight here hmm. and and he did yeah so super cool um, I actually have one more guy on the on my like one more modern player on my list uh, so do I at, I can't tell you who it is but yeah, I bet it's the same guy yeah you probably, probably right <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no but
1: his bigness played fourteen years with the Red Sox right twenty yeah. years total in the league mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, he's, he's going down in yeah, history. He,
0: I always forget. I, don't, I shouldn't say I always forget, but there was a long time I did not know that he spent six years in Minnesota. Exactly. And it's funny because he was kind of like toiling as like a borderline defensive liability guy yeah. at first base. And then he goes to Boston. And at the time, you know, that was the Theo Epstein years. Yep. I wonder if it was just a, a player development thing. Could have been. That he saw what he was good at. Yeah, and said, "This is what we're gonna. This is what we're gonna do with you. Here's your new role. mm -hmm.
1: Yep, fit right into this new system."
0: Then he was top five in the MVP voting after his first year in Boston. He was Mm -hmm. top five in the MVP voting for the next uh, five years, actually.
1: Yeah, and an All Star pretty much every year. Two thousand nine, he was not. Fourteen and fifteen, he was not, but otherwise, from two thousand four to two thousand sixteen, he was an All Star every year but three. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific choice, my friend.
0: Thank you. You as well. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Baseball family, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the final remaining slots on our list. Uh, We're hoping they don't entirely overlap, but they may. Thanks for taking a quick break with us, baseball family. We're just going to jump right into the next names on our list for the Boston Red Sox, Mount Rushmore, and uh, you know we've overlapped twice now, so yeah. I'm a little bit worried about what might happen. This is unprecedented waters. Mm-hmm. We've not been here before. Not right. on the first two, right? Yeah. We've, we've done we've overlapped. overlapped before, and then like the third and fourth. Yeah, but I think three out of four is the highest we've ever gone, and I'm a little worried we're going to go for four. Me too. Okay. All right. The next guy on my list: left fielder and first baseman. Hall of Famer. Already in the Hall of Fame. MVP triple crown. 18 time All-Star. Seven time Gold Glove winner. Three batting titles. Carl Distremski. Carl. Yes, a yes. Yaz. Yes, sir. Are you kidding me? Is he on your list? Yes, he is. <laughs> Major League Player of the Year. <laughs> He was an All-Star game MVP, career war 96.5 at bats, a whopping 11,988. He is in the 300 or the 3000 hits club, home runs 452, batting average lifetime 285 168 stolen bases, I like that stat.
0: Yeah. He played with Boston for 23 years. Well, this is the thing that I think is impressive. An all star every year from nineteen sixty five to nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. Every stinking year. Every
1: single one. Um
0: and you can't you can't go without saying that his grandson plays for the Giants, Mike Kastremsky. Currently. Which is super cool. Yeah. Um, you know, last year or two years ago. I think two. it was two, years, two ago. years ago. Yeah, when the when the Giants played at Fenway, there was a big to do, which there should have been. Of course. Because Yaz is a Red Sox icon. Yes. Um, you truly can't tell the story of the Red Sox without, without yes. But, uh, of course, they had to say, he's the first Yastrzemski to play left field since his grandfather. On a Thursday in, <laughs> well, in Fenway. <laughs> yeah, because it's, like, yeah, it's such a common last name. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, what was cool was the two of them got to walk left field mm-hmm. at Fenway together. Yeah. And can you imagine the stories that that guy was telling? and the And the actual, like the legitimate questions that
0: Mike has oh, asked. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, I mean, from growing up. And I'm sure, and you know, I, it, it's so weird to think about that, like, like growing up, I'm sure the question well, the questions weren't, how does that ball bounce off that wall? Mm-mm. How does the ball bounce off the monster? Right. Until that day. Yeah. Standing there, Grandpa, can you tell me about, like, if the ball hits there, like, how does it Karen? Yeah. How does the ball bounce off the wall? Like, yeah. <laughs> completely different field of questions. And just more about, I'm sure, about the experience, his experience. And I, I know nothing about this because I'm just speculating strictly. But, yeah, of course. But still, like, that would be a conversation that I would have loved to have ears in.
1: Couldn't you see him saying, all right, there I was, <laughs> standing there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. here, comes, here comes Mickey Mantle <laughs> or yeah, whatever. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah.
0: That would be amazing. Yeah. Just absolutely awesome. It's... And it's funny because one of my favorite columnists in the country is Greg Cody with the Miami Herald. Yeah. He's super funny. And he is, like, stuck on Yaz. Yeah. Yeah, like, they ask him, who's the best baseball player ever? Yaz. It's Yaz. Really? Yaz. Just refuses to. Like, he he grew up on the Red Sox, and Yaz Mm. is his hero. It's always Yaz. It doesn't matter who. That's awesome. That's
1: super, super cool. Yeah. No, I, I, it was fun for me to get to research Yaz a little bit more. I mean, he's a name that you come across constantly, mm-hmm. um, but... You just don't know, right, until yeah. you really start looking. Like,
0: did you know he's number two all-time in games played? I didn't know that, but it makes sense after 23 seasons. Well, and look, this is something I thought was cool, and it might be just, like, like the Lifetime Achievement Awards, you know? Of, like, cumulative stuff, yeah. Yeah, that he he was an all-star in 1982 and 1983 as well, in his 42 and 43-year-old seasons. Yeah. You know, like I said, like, like Griffey was retired the year he, re- his last year, and yeah. he was leading... The, like, he's leading outfielders and vote getters. That's right. You know, yeah. like, You don't even have to play to be voted to the All-Star game, technically. Sure. But he was an All-Star, 42-43 season. But he still played 119 games yeah. his last year yeah. at age 43. Yeah, exactly. Which is outstanding. So
1: And not necessarily as a DH. Right. He's, he's still out in the field. He's still out <laughs> in the left field <laughs> as a
0: 43-year-old man. In Boston. That doesn't happen anymore. That won't happen anymore. Especially somebody in the American League. He would be... Sp- directly to the DH that's right that's exactly right. Career all-time third on the career
1: all-time list for at bats and he's uh, played appearances, which is a little bit of a different statistic. He's uh-huh. got uh, number two all- time. Pretty cool. that
0: is cool. I love it. that's really cool. I like it a lot. And you know what's what's something that's kind of crazy to think about mm. is that if he had started two years earlier that his career would have spanned like would have stretched into three decades exactly. And that's like, that's big. That's an, almost unheard of. We yeah. should look that up. And see we should who, who has? Yeah, he stretched the longest? Yep. across decades. So okay, all right. Carl well, Yastrzemski, number three for both of us. Jeez. The moment of truth. Number four. I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna go into this one. Break. You should. So this is a guy, who actually started his career not in Boston, at uh, with an organization that we actually are very familiar with these days the Dodgers Okay, and then he went to Canada mm. to play with the Expos yeah he was uh, he came to Boston in 1998 where uh, if you ask me he had his best years this is why he made it he had a major role in the 2004 World Series mm-hmm. Mr. Pedro Martinez oh did you have Pedro?
1: I do not okay good yeah. <laughs> Excellent. He was one of the next ones on my list. Yeah, well, yeah.
0: So I don't I don't feel like you can tell. So like I was looking at the 2004 World Series because that is a critical part in Red Sox history now. You know, like I'm sure you watched every game of that World Series of that playoff run. Absolutely. You know? Um had to. I mean, having to get the monkey off the back in the ALCS mm-hmm. and not only that, but also overcoming 3-0 yeah. against your Yankees. Yeah. Um so like that was like the breakthrough mad props. You know, that, I think that alone is it's, it's almost like the uh, the salt of the shoulder or whatever like the ritual that the broke yeah. the curse yeah you've got to I feel like you have to overcome something major to break a curse like that, and that was it. It was huge that's what it took. they weren't going to yeah. do it any other way. It had
1: to be the hardest <clears> way possible,
0: <throat> right yeah, absolutely and Pedro mm-hmm. Martinez to me was a major player in that. The other guy I thought about was Kurt Schilling, but he was kind of a mercenary totally. You know, yeah, and so I don't feel like he could go on the uh, on the Mount Rushmore there, but so Pedro Martinez, he is in the Hall of Fame, deservingly mm-hmm. so. Yep, three time Cy Young Award winner, Triple Crown winner, eight time All Star, two thousand four World Series champion, five time ERA title, ERA title All Star MVP, all at 5'11", 170 pounds. This guy is slinging heat at five eleven. I love that. Kids don't ever let anybody tell you you're too short. Yes. <clears throat> because if you know if you can get your mechanics right, you can do it. You can do it well. You can do anything. And that's right. And Pedro was a clinic mechanically.
1: He were no, yeah, he really was. I love listening
0: to him talk about pitching. Yes.
1: I still though, I'm I still can't get over when he threw Zim on the ground though. Like <laughs> Like, that has nothing to do with this conversation necessarily. I'm just, I have to say, I'm still not over it. And that's okay. It's fine.
0: (laughs) And so, I've always looked at that not so much that he threw him on the ground, that he helped him to the ground. Oh, sure. Because Zim was not... He was going to miss. He was going down. He was, Yeah, he was going, yeah, down. He was going, yeah. going yeah. down. Yeah, you're right. Just <laughs> grab him by the head, you know, the back yeah. of his head and yeah.
1: help him to the ground. Is yeah. that how you help people to the ground? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on the situation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah.
1: You got anything else you want to say about uh, Pedro? No,
0: I mean, I feel like I feel like Pedro Martinez is a pretty self-explanatory guy. Like like I said, a critical part in the Red Sox history. Yeah. Uh, they would They would not have won the World Series if it wasn't for him. 100%. He wasn't an all-star that year. Yep. He was 32, and it wasn't particularly a great regular season for him. But that playoff run, he was dominant. Yeah, He was dominant. And for a guy to have that big of a role in, in a World Series win that's that big of a deal in the franchise? Yeah. Auto magic.
1: magic. Okay. Now this is Brad coming at us with no real buckets he's trying to fill <laughs> right. he just feels good about these picks yep um i have a little bit of a system in my cockles <laughs> in the, the cockles, cockles of they, my heart warm to them yes yeah yes. <laughs> it's pretty intense for a pirate to have warm cockles i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie so baseball family i'm gonna tell you a little bit more just as a reminder about my process i do the i have a no-brainer pick i have a stat leader pick i have a transcendent pick and i have a fan favorite So today, David Ortiz was my no-brainer. Carl Yaz is my stat leader. Teddy Williams is my transcendent pick. And for my fan favorite, i got to give it to a guy who also won the MVP. Four-time All-Star, two World Series titles, four gold gloves, one silver slugger, Wilson's overall defensive player award, rookie of the year, second baseman, the Laser Show. Dustin Pedroia. Absolutely. In my opinion, talk about a fan favorite. You cannot have a fan favorite list without Dustin Pedroia. 14 years with the organization. We know that 18 and 19 were incredibly terrible years for him. Super hard. There's a lot of speculation as to why the Yankees are not also far from that conversation, which I think adds to his story. Honestly, as a yeah. as a fan favorite Red Sox. So but I mean this guy's awesome. He's he's and to to your point about just get your technique down, right? Just mm-hmm. do your thing yeah. better than anybody else. This guy is uh five nine, hundred and seventy pounds, and watching him play is special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It always has been. I remember when he came onto the scene, my dad, big, big Red Sox fan. My dad's been yeah. a Red Sox fan forever. He literally drugged me to the television and said <laughs> he paused it because he had DVR at the time. Uh-huh. This was back in L6, right? So I was yeah. just getting out of high school, was my senior year of high school. And he said, come here. you got to sit down and watch this kid hit this ball. Because when Dustin Pedroia swings the bat, it's all in. Dude, it
0: looks like the bat's swinging him the way he swings (laughs) it. (laughs) Sometimes, right? Sometimes.
1: But he brought that level of intensity. He Uh brought that level of of gamesmanship. He brought that level of integrity to every single at-bat, every single play. I never saw him loaf one time. The dude is my guy. If I had to pick my guy in Boston over the last 20 years, it's Dustin Pedroia. No questions
0: asked. I love Dustin Pedroia. I think that's a solid choice. I like it a lot. Uh, He was in my top six when I was narrowing down. And uh, I I, I love telling the story about how I was introduced to who Dustin Pedroia Pedroia was. Because uh, I had uh, my brother-in-law... Bought me MLB the Show, yeah. in two thousand and seven. Okay, and Pedroia was called up, made his big league debut in two thousand and six, but he was in AAA on that game. I did the road to the show, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. And I was like, well, I want to play. For, I want my guy to be on a good team, so I chose the Red Sox, and um, and I was I was actually a pretty big Red Sox fan at the time. I liked everybody who was on that team. I liked what they were doing, and that was like my winning team, my oh, like bandwagon team that yeah. I was cheering for. You know? sure? Um, I did not know that about you. Yeah, yeah, um, that was <laughs> not something I'm really that proud of because it goes then. against everything I believe in. It does, <laughs> but wow! But so that was part of the reason I chose the Red Sox. But he was uh, the second baseman on the. Paw Sox team that my mm-hmm. that my player was playing on, and I, and my player batted behind him in the batting lineup. Oh, okay. So it was it was Always pretty cool. There, I was watching. like, Dustin Pedroia, who was this guy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you know, and then it turns out I see him win Rookie of the Year in two thousand seven and MVP in two thousand eight. I was like, oh, I know he who he is. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun to to see that. So I I have to do this real quick because um so five nine he's sixty nine inches tall right yeah he swings a thirty three inch bat. Um, I love doing this kind of math. That's almost half his height, <laughs> yeah, 40, 48% of his height. Yeah. yeah, that's why it looked like that bat swung him. Yeah,
1: well, and so. rightly so. I'll tell you, when he came and did a rehab assignment here in Greenville, mm-hmm. it was pandemonium, and it was good, good thing it was before the pandemic because we are <laughs> it that place was packed. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And when he stepped onto the field for any reason at all, even if he had gone to pick up a piece of trash, we all got on our feet. We all were cheering and whooping and hollering, and, and it was like a sitting president was in the stadium. It was yeah. incredible. He played great, super smooth. Uh, I can't imagine sitting in the dugout with him and learning and, and mm-hmm. you know being mentored in, just for that couple of games. That would be
0: incredible. Yeah, really cool. That would be a big deal for those guys. Totally. You know, especially the guys in AAA who have been told, like, well, you know, you're you're not going to get above this level. Yeah. And for him to to be able to say, you know, this is what this is what it takes if, it, if somebody tells you you're too small. Yeah. This is what you need to do. You know, how you, how do you play bigger than what you are?
1: And that's that X factor clubhouse guy stuff that yeah. we love to talk about. Yeah. And for that reason, he's by number 4 on my list. Excellent choice. 14 years with the Boston Red Sox, and I hope that he comes back in a coaching role or some something in the front office. I hope he stays with the organization and they continue to get a lot of benefit out of him because I think he has a lot to give. I think his career ended a little bit early. He was 35
0: and he, he had more. Well, it was basically a career-ending injury. It was. I understand that. Yeah. And yeah. and I want, I wonder if we're going to see him step away for a while because I'm sure he's... Not happy about the way it ended. Oh, no. He can't be as a competitor. Totally. Um, if we're going to see him step away from baseball for a little while and then maybe come back after, you know, around the time that he's Hall of Fame eligible. Yeah. Not so much as like a, like a campaign. No, he won't need to. No, I don't think he'll need to campaign. No. Uh, but I think more as like, a, okay, I'm ready.
1: And I don't know if he'll get I don't know if he'll get into the Hall of Fame on voting. It's going to depend on who he's up against those years.
0: Yeah. Who's on the ballot.
1: But the Culture Club is going to get him in for
0: sure. For sure. And you know what's you know what's crazy is like we were looking at the ballot coming up for this year. Yeah. And it's weak. It's really bad. So he might just get in because he's up against a weak field. And
1: see that's what I'm saying. So oh, it's, yeah. it's I think he'll end up in the Hall. I think it's going to be one of those two scenarios. Yeah.
0: That's what I say. That those are the only two options.
1: Well but I mean <laughs> I know I know what you mean. Yeah, if, <laughs> yeah you're if right. He, if he doesn't get voted in, the culture club will put him in. The, for sure. They will put him in for sure. Yeah. And if he does get voted in, it will likely be because there are there's a little bit of a weaker class that yeah. he's up against. Yeah, that's no. it. That's all. Um, <laughs> I think you're right. But I'm telling you, uh yeah, this this is a guy this is a guy whose story baseball needs, right? And mm-hmm. and that's why I think the culture club is gonna lean on Putting yeah. him in is because yeah. his story is a is a great baseball story,
0: especially coming out of the steroid era. Yep, like he's one of the first gener like he's part of the first generation of post steroid era. That's right. It's really important for baseball. It is. So I yep. agree with you, baseball family. Let us know what you think. Did we get it right? Did we miss somebody? I'm sure we did. I oh, mean, there was plenty to. to
1: 121 choose from. seasons? Come on. Dude. Yeah,
0: and and you know, one thing I was actually shocked about was like going through. I was like, well, it's a no wonder they didn't win for a long time. Yeah, and it's like them with the Cubs. Same yes, thing. it was because there are a lot of guys who are important to the franchise, played well relative to like like Baseball Reference gives the what the top 24 players with their uh, with the, according to their WAR for the yeah, franchise. They do, and there are guys in there who it's like he was a pretty good player but he's not Mount Rushmore material. Like Nomar Garcia is top 24. I was a huge Nomar fan. That's part of the reason I like him. Everybody Minnesota. loves Nomar. Yeah. Let's be honest. But I would never put him on anybody's Mount Rushmore. Just I don't think
1: I would either. Same with Wade Boggs. Like he's yeah. great, but is yeah. he on the Mount Rushmore? I don't think so. No, I don't think That's so. That's personal yeah. opinion. But, but maybe
0: of fried chicken eaters.
1: <laughs> but not of <laughs> baseball players. <laughs> so, yeah. That's Bobby Door though is another great one. Like he could go on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I don't
0: know. It's stuff. Yeah. yeah, but let us know what you think. Submit to the mailbag on baseballtogether.com. Catch new episodes of the Baseball Together podcast every Tuesday.